Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, the second part in a two-part program where I'm in Yimdin Jai, an island three kilometers from Saikung. Yimdin Jai was populated by Hakka salt makers with the surname Chan. They came here about 300 years ago. They were converted to Catholicism in the late 19th century and on a hillside on the island, there's a statue to a Catholic priest, Joseph Freinardemetz, who would often visit them and who was made a saint by the Catholic Church. Architect Anna Kwong invited me over to Yimdin Jai. She, in cooperation with other skilled volunteers and the villagers, has been instrumental in revitalizing the village. Only one couple lives on the island full-time, and they're not surnamed Chan. But the others are there during the day or on weekends. So last week, I talked to David Yip about salt making and had a wander around with Anna Kwong and retired structural engineer Philip Kwok, who's also been helping with constructing the salt pans. Later in the programme, Anna and Philip take me off to see the graveyard and the revamped St Joseph's Chapel, which won a UNESCO Heritage Award. I'll be talking to two key villagers, Colin and Nicholas Chan, and to an American artist who uses the salt in her art. This week I start off by talking to Father Dominic Chan, who served as the Vicar General of the Diocese of Hong Kong for nearly 30 years and is the parish priest of the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. He was born in Yim Din Jai in 1952. We have just uh, finished our prayers in our grave. Yes. So what's your connection to the village? I'm, I'm one of the members here. Yes. Yeah. So did you grow up here or is your father? No, not my father. Yes. I grew up, yeah. So and also my parents, they get married here in the, in the chapel. Yeah, in the chapel. When they were young, 20, almost 20 years. And so how do you feel when you come back here? I feel at home. I feel at home. This is my hometown. And what do you think about, you know, the, the revamped chapel over the last, uh, since 2003, you know, Anna's work with and Anna and Philip working on the chapel? Excellent. It's an yeah. uh, impossible, impossible dream. <laughs> because I'm the one to contact them. Yes. Yeah, then take two possibilities. Maybe they will destroy it naturally, yeah? or we build the church again. But luckily, we have a benefactor to give the money, and I ask uh, Anna and also Philip to help. Then the, 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 the dream come true. Can you tell me a little bit about your parents? My parents, we have uh, 11 brothers and sisters. And then most, most of them, now we move in the Hong Kong island. So you had 11 brothers and sisters? Yes, we have. Uh, uh, yeah. one, one, one father and mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only, only one, my uh, senior brother, they moved uh, to Canada. But the rest is they in Hong Kong. And my, my brothers, all are still, still alive now. And we are happy because we have the same faith. We are the Catholic, we are all Catholic. But where did you grow up? Me? Uh, in Pofulam. But uh, your parents, so your father, but your father would have been a child here. Yes, 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 yes. The, the whole childhood, and then after maybe after ten years, and then he moved into Hong Kong Island as a worker in a um, Taiku Taiku com company. So yes, what did he do Hong there? Kong. As a driver, my father is a driver, and uh, after that they uh, they lived there. Yeah, and then we are a Catholic village. We say Taiku now. And most of them, they work in the printing factory by MEP, the French priest. They paint a lot of books, yeah, not only for Hong Kong, but also for Asian. Yeah, but now, now it's the hostel of the Hong Kong youth, the student now. Tell me about what you're doing today. Today? 
Because now it's the November, it's the custom of the Catholic, we will uh, uh, say Mass, especially for all the soul. All the soul, so that our... Of the chants, or...? Chants of the chants, and we pray for them. Yeah, and then so that they can go to the heaven immediately. This is a custom of, as a Chinese, we say we, we remember our ancestor, uh, so that we need to continue their spirit and also let the, the whole village to continue for development. Because in the last 10, uh, 20 years, I feel that the Holy Spirit really blessed the, the whole village. We have a lot of good people to come and also join to develop. We are so happy. It's really impossible, but now it's possible. This is the cemetery, uh, the graveyard of the villages, which is quite unique in style and also uh, in character. And at the further end of the graveyard, there is this altar. And this altar is marked by a very uh, special Irish crucifix. Now, I, I was told it is the Irish crucifix. However, uh, I was being asked by the villagers to make a research into the history of these mm. Irish crucifix, which I am going to do in the in the next six months. Uh, yeah, in the next few six so, months. So, so people don't know what the heritage is of it. Yes, 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 yes. I think I think there is a, a description up there, mm -hmm. but let's go up and see if there is a description of the of the history of these uh, Irish crucifix. So this, you know, we're going to the graveyard here, mm -hmm. which is Yim, uh, Yim Tin Jai, yeah. but what was the grave that we visited this morning? Where oh, everybody... the, the grave we visited this morning in Gao Zhou was the ancestors, really, the one that came from the Qing dynasty. These just passed away, uh, these uh, grandfathers, great-great-grandfathers uh, that passed away in the last century. Right, right. Okay. So the yeah. other one is much older? Yes, much, much older, that one, mm. yes. This one, you can see the um, the earth you know are still there yes mm. the urns you know they they usually they don't use cremation they use ground burial and then maybe 10 or 20 years later then they pack the bones into the urns and the urns are being stored here yeah so what father dominic chan was saying was that uh, our saint that was here is not mm. only here he also was in Sai Kung yeah. uh, among the well, villages. Well, because he actually, he, he didn't live here, yeah. the saint. You know, he lived in the shore, you know, the place where we bought our boat, you know, there yeah. in the Sai Kung area. But he used to come out to these mm. islands very often. And So this, along Sai Kung yeah, coast, along we'll, Sai Kung coast we'll there be are a lot of Catholic there are, villages. There are a lot of these islands. Yeah, but what I'm saying is... the islands are Catholic yeah, villages, right. but not inhabited. Only this one. Are still, you know, we revive actually a total revitalization of the island because of the conservation of the chapel, I see. and because the chapel was was conserved, was revitalized because of the saint. Yeah. So you still have the urns here, you know. Yeah. And as we head back down from the graveyard, you can look straight across its beautiful view that goes back over to the other island, the golf course, and then the mountains beyond. Really superb. Now, Philip, you were saying that uh, when your grandchildren also come here, there's, there's yes. another element, isn't there? Just yes. the lovely biodiversity here. Well, I have brought my uh, grandchildren. You've got three. Uh, three. And, and, <laughs> and that, that means my daughter and son. Uh, well, a large group here. The father-in-law of my daughter is coming along. Normally, we make a round-the-island trip. And then we enjoy the atmosphere 
Well, we, we learn about well something religious, and then we talk about something on environmental protection, yeah. and then, uh, and we simply enjoy the nature. We are in a at the junction of the footpath here. If you go that way, you will reach the pavilion. And then, then you walk down, then you will reach the dam that connected this island with the Gao Sai Zhao. If we're not, then we are going this way, we will return to the chapel. Which way you want? Okay, okay. This is a very Romanesque architecture, nothing Gothic, but very rural village style. And so the chapel is situated on the top of a hill, which is very typical of the European chapel or the Greek Acropolis. So they always sit on the top of a hill overlooking the town or overlooking the villages. Now this is built in the 1890s and uh, just imagine at the time everything was handmade and the villages they took the material straight from nature actually from the sand, the sand from the beach timber maybe and then they have the stone the stone sometimes they compact it and you can still see some of the fossils seahorse shell sea star this is built on an east-west axis east-west axis it is not common in europe and this east-west axis is to suit just the site topography so that the sun when it rises in the morning it will have the window there and then when it's sunset, it also, you know, the window will collect all the sun rays. I was told that there was two doors here. The main door, that one there, is for the men. This is the side door. According to hacker culture, is for the women to enter. Now, this is built in masonry walls, very thick. And the foundation is made of some uh, stones. And they are still very intact, very strong. Structurally speaking, this is no problem structurally, except that the roof has been badly damaged, leaking all along, and therefore all the walls and the windows are leaking, and because they are very badly damaged by war game, by the air gun. So, oh, right, yes. okay. So, I mean, when you took this over in 2003, yes. what was here? What was here? Well, it was the roof was leaking. There was big holes there, you can see the sky. And then there was, the floor was also um, so flooding. People, so people had done war games here? Yes, mm. because as I said, at the end of the century, of the 20th century, all villages left. And then there was, the whole island was uninhabited. And so much so to an extent that people just come and play the war game. They use the window, they shoot the air gun. And so, so therefore badly damage all the window pane here. Uh, you, you can see the snakes, spider. You know what welcomed me the first time when I was here was a spider of this size, of one foot long, <laughs> with all the all the legs and everything stretched out. And then of course there were crocodiles, rats, and you know all these kind of little animals. And so I told um, Colin, the village chief, I said, "Oh come on, you know you, you have to clear the way for us to go up to the chapel." And I was given such a short period of time. You now in November, we decided to match the, the ceremony, the, I mean the canonization plus the donation of two million. And so I have to, at least I have to take, take some measurement of the chapel. I have to let out the tender you know, and everything. And so we start to work after the Chinese New Year. That was in February. 
And then that means I have barely over February, March, April, I have barely three months to go to organize, to revamp everything, including the wiring, rewiring of the chapel, uh, the lighting, yeah, the floor damage, the damp roof course, that means to stop the rising dampness, everything, including the uh, window pane, because it was so badly damaged by the air gun. And because of the thick, as I said, because of the masonry wall, which was so thick, that I think I can put in a mosquito screen but of course, remember, at that time, it was in the, in the 1890s. Everything was not mechanical, was not typical. Opening size may differ from a few inches to another one. So I put on the mosquito screen, and that has to be individually tailor-made. And luckily, the contractor have the heart to put in, you know, really measurement individual windows. And so with the mosquito screen, then I can stop the air gun. I can actually stop the mosquito because at that time we don't have the time and we don't have the money to put in the air conditioning. So that means the window has to be open. So we need the mosquito screen. Okay. And uh, luckily I still was able to find this color, wind, color glass. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It's this yellow and green, yes, isn't the yellow it? yellow and green. Frosted yes. glass. Yes. So everything was put up and uh, we managed to, within three months, we managed to put the chapel back to order again. And then, yeah. <laughs> well done. Yes. So that, that was, yeah, November to March. Yes. And, and, and oh, then, November to May. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and also at the same time, I didn't really refine the plastering and everything. I want to leave the, the plastering, you know, the color and everything. Of the altar. Of the altar, yeah. Back to the, yeah. And that's why when I submitted the project to UNESCO Asia Pacific Office for award, my title is I add nothing, I take away nothing. That means I've tried to retain everything as it is. Mm. Yes. No, quite a project. <coughs> yeah. Now, the German-Italian saint, mm -hmm. uh, is he, uh, do you know, is he Hong Kong's only saint? At the time, yes. He was the only saint at the time in 2003. He was the only saint that was not coming from Hong Kong but came to Hong Kong to preach, mm -hmm. yes. Of course, at that time, in that year 2000, um, Vatican canonized some Chinese martyrs. But he is not a martyr because he died from malaria. Yeah, but um, so he was uh, the first saint that was not a Chinese, but came to Hong Kong to preach and become a saint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a missionary, that means. Yeah, so his statue was there. This statue was made in, uh, in Beijing by his fellow order members, yes. This is uh, Our Lady statue that was bought by uh, Father Dominic Chen from Ho Chi Minh City from Vietnam. So we have quite an international collection. <laughs> and then the um, rose window there, the rose window there was also was done by a Beijing artist. Yeah, this Beijing artist was um, spent 10 years in Milan to learn the skill, oh. uh, to learn the stained glass, mosaic and everything. And after 10 years in Milan, he went back to Beijing and he was the one who we asked him to do the stained glass. 
and that is the Lord is my shepherd. Yes. And so then my exhibits curated, you know, by my team will be also there. In phase three, it will be the on the vertical front of the steps of rise on the steps of staircases going up leading up to the chapel. Also the two statues that stand there actually are the time capsule. Yes. I made the time capsule back in two ten. You know, and we put in a lot of documents there, and I think we will await till uh, Father Dominic Chan says that okay, we are going to open the time capsule, maybe in ten years' time. Yeah. Now, Nicholas Chan, can you describe to me your role and also a little bit about your Hakka heritage here? Yeah, my role is uh, doing nothing. Is a role, <laughs> maybe a facilitator, telling the previous stories. Well, that's also valuable, though, <laughs> telling the story. So, can you tell me about your family here in? Yeah, I grew up here, up to twelve, and then set out of this island to study in the city. And what did you study? Uh, well, uh, here is only primary education here, and my secondary is in uh, New Town, uh, Yunlong, other town in the New Territories. And then my um, profession is a teacher, uh, study in the educational college, and then have a period of time study abroad, and and majoring in philosophy, ethics, education, and research education. But you're a principal or a teacher? <laughs> yeah, a principal is doing nothing. <laughs> After I live here, uh, there's another another classroom built up, and. Uh, more than 60 at that time. A very small, one-class school. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> yes, yes, so all the children different ages go yeah, into the same classroom. Uh, the whole school population is uh, packed in one classroom. Yes. And one row is one level. Primary one, two, three, four. <laughs> we have six, row, uh, six rows but that's very six classes. A bit challenging. And one teacher, yeah, very interesting. And a bit challenging for that teacher, yeah. Actually, yeah, to keep I everybody really, occupied. Uh, also, I really don't, uh, can, can't imagine how the teachers can manage that. Yeah. So, can you describe a little bit about the childhood here? Childhood is uh, let our talent free. What we learn, we can't remember, but we enjoy our life here. Uh, before school or after school, we, we can swim all around here, yes, yes. catching fishes here, and catching crabs here. And uh, we have uh, uh, fish cooked, uh, finish it, and then we turn to class. <laughs> so it's a very, very time, much a country life. Yeah, it, it's a very interesting, very uh, natural, and uh, especially during the night we can look clearly at the cosmos the universe is very close to us so earth sky and the universe is just one so we are totally no matter how far it is we are connected we are village combining chinese culture especially Hakka, and the tradition of catholic heritage and combining this together we adore our ancestors we find we we have found our first ancestors in Kausa Island. There is the once a year we go there whenever who can come at that specific day. We always 
choose the first Saturday of November. Uh, November is a very special month for Catholics. It's a whole month or for us to remember our our ancestors. All Saints Week month. When you were growing up, uh, was your father abroad? For several years, when I found myself uh, a primary six, well, suddenly my father came home. Well, my grandma says, this is your father. Wow. <laughs> Very young, uh, he left to work in um, one island in Pacific. Well, it's very hard to find a father role for myself. So he was, <laughs> yes, I could imagine. But so he comes back when you're, what, about 11 years old? Yes. And, uh, but his work, when he's in a Pacific island, what's he doing? Uh, well, yeah, a mine worker. I'm Colin Chan. My Chinese name is Chan Chongyin. I'm the village representative in Yimtin Tai village. So as the village rep, you have been really over the past few years seeing a rejuvenation of your village. Yes, for the past, we we'll say 12 years, I've been uh, running away or restore our village, uh, running away the chapel and also reiterate the, the, the salt pan as well. And now I'm doing some building works, running away the house, the old house, as it is originally. Yeah, no, there's plenty to do here um, in terms of, as you say, recreating what, what, what was the traditional Hakka village before. And of course, here in Yindinjai, you've got the, the, the special aspect that it's an all Catholic village as well. Yes, uh, well, in, in fact, my dream or, or plan is uh, this uh, when you come to uh, Yindinjai village, you can feel four things. The main things in here is is the Catholic Catholic Church, the, the, the chapel, and you can feel some Hakka villagers. They are presenting some very closely and friendly, and you can walk around to, for the natures. And also, uh, we are doing some greenery and and uh, environment in here. Yeah. Now, tell me about you. So. As a, as a Hakka living here. You actually moved with your family, is it to the UK? Well, I lived here for six years. When I was uh, six years old, and then I moved to Sai Kung, and I uh, studied in Sai Kung for six years, until my uh, middle school, and then I, I went to, at the, at the age of 12, went to UK and further study. So tell me which part of the UK you went to. I'm in Leeds. Uh, based in Leeds and my, well, my graduate is in Newcastle. And what did you study? Well, well I was studying uh, statistics. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I live in Saikung now, yeah. And how, so are you back here on weekends usually? No, 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 every day. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, every day. Because uh, there's a lot of, uh, during the weekdays, uh, there's a lot of uh, valuations to be, has to be done. You know, when, when, when you come back here and you see the old house, falling apart and uh, it's quite sad feeling yes so you're you're restoring your own house yeah uh, my own house already is in uh, restored in uh, 2014 and i understand that you even sort of were clambering up that slope up there with with all building materials yes yes so you yeah. actually did you do it yourself or hire builders or? well i do have builders he's uh, we've got master Okay, he's a master and he worked with me and every day he came in and worked with me. 
and I learned a lot from him. <laughs> hey, my name's Elizabeth Friel. I'm an artist in Hong Kong. I've been here for a number of years. I have a studio in JCC where we um, focus on one of the projects is on local art supplies or very unusual rare handmade art supplies, of which salt is something quite interesting, especially local coarse salt like this. You can get great effects with watercolors and other kinds of media. So I'm basically here volunteering for salt. So I get paid in salt for these weekends that I work. And um, David Yip, who is the salt pan coordinator is very generous with this project and I'm also using salt for some of my personal work as well. So you do, you're mostly in watercolors? Uh, actually my personal work I use all sorts of media, more contemporary art installation however I feel there's a real place for the public especially in Hong Kong to interact with these art supplies in a different way where you really think about locality how is this made, where did it come from because it has a story and then thinking of Hong Kong as a place of production not just consumption and service industry so I think in they're very open to experimenting here, and it's been wonderful to collaborate so far. So you mix the salt, so all your the artist that you uh, uses it mixes it with water. You, so if you mix it with watercolor, what that does is it essentially breaks the film that binds the pigment with the medium and so you can get some really beautiful lovely effects honestly you can do it with ordinary salt but because this has a story and it's unique and it's really connected to Hong Kong that's very much what my art materialist project is about so what else have you used in Hong Kong then uh, so we've just got the studio this summer but some other materials that we will be working with I've got handmade paper from hill tribes in Vietnam and um, indigo so it's really about we take an art material that you think okay this is this thing but then we have different perspectives on it and we look at it in a different way who it, how is it different from place to place? And occasionally the public can come in and experiment with it with these workshops. You've got your own studio, or people can visit your studio at non-COVID times? Or had Sure, so I, I'm at JCCAC, we're on the sixth floor, number 15, um, and I have a studio made, my days are Sunday, so I'm there Sunday every afternoon, two to six. Good to contact me for an appointment first, but I'm around, you know, this is my day where I interact with the public, so whatever I'm working on, people can come see and hang out, whatever, tomorrow it'll probably be wrapping some of the sea glass that I've been working on. So, oh, yeah. is this sea glass that you found in Hong Kong? Or? Yeah, actually from this beach, is at Chermawan, where it used to be a prison there, and the, the drug facility, and when you look at it, it's this beautiful sea glass, and you think about the history of this place over the last few decades, that particular beach, um, and I'm actually going to work with the salt pans here to coat that with the brine, and it'll crystallize and hopefully be beautiful, part of my seven-year immigration project. It'll be a large installation, so that's what I'm working on at the moment in the studio. So tell me about your seven-year immigration project. <laughs> so um, you can tell I'm not originally from Hong Kong. I was born in the U.S but I've been here for now almost five years and um, really thinking a lot about when I came here with the intent to immigrate I've been in Asia 17 years came here from Beijing with my job at Yuchang as artist in residence and I said I'm going to immigrate here I'll be here for this box of time at least to seven years what does that mean to immigrate somewhere I was born on the other side of this ocean in California and I washed up here on the beach in a way <laughs> like a lot of these materials that I'm collecting from the beaches all around Hong Kong so we've got construction materials from houses that were dumped in the sea sea glass, things that really, when you look at it bit by bit, you see that's very Hong Kong, that tile floor, that brick, you know, they only look like that here. You know, and, and these are mostly from houses that got knocked down after people left and they immigrated to the UK or elsewhere. Yeah. So I collected and I'm turning it into a large installation when I'm finished in about three years. Well done. So this is a seven-year immigration store. Yeah, and it's going to look like an installation and then I'll have it be part of my house in Athens, which is kind of a giant sculpture project. 
basically you take uh, so it's interesting so we've talked about you, you take salt um, yep. so it's things very much from the ground or from the from the sea in yeah, fact you have this very much it's, it's a time and place right this this particular day the humidity the, the ocean all of these things that you can't really control and there is some of that lack of control that I kind of like because you take this stuff and then you see what happens and then you turn it into something hopefully beautiful that can help you look at these materials in a different way it's not just rubbish it's not just ordinary salt but it's actually something that says something and has a story on its own so many interesting stories i've run out of space my thanks to nicholas chan colin chan anna kwong philip kwok father dominic chan and artist elizabeth Briel. I was made to feel very welcome in Yimdinjai and hope to go there again soon. Do go and visit and see some of the beautiful artwork exhibits on show throughout the village. If you just type in Yimdinjai, an art exhibition, uh, you can pick up the website. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.